Welcome to Disruptive Successor, a show for next generation leaders in family businesses and entrepreneurs who want to disrupt the status quo and take their existing business to a whole new level. We all know that what got us here isn't going to get us there. This show will provide inspiration, advice, and resources to help you create massive impact. This podcast is sponsored by myself, Jonathan Goldhill, and my company, The Goldhill Group, where we provide coaching for growing companies. I'm Jonathan Goldhill, and my purpose is simple to guide entrepreneurial leaders in family businesses towards more freedom and fulfillment. I want entrepreneurs to get clarity around the changes that will make them and their businesses more successful so they can experience the same freedom I've enjoyed in my life. Our proven practices challenge business owners to think differently about their business and how they're running it and quite literally become game changers in our clients' companies. Learn more at the goldhillgroup.com website where you can schedule your free strategy session. Hi, it's Jonathan Goldhill and welcome back to another episode of the Disruptive Successor Show. Today's show is going to be a solo show. I'm going to be talking about exit planning for family businesses when you want to keep the company in the family. So I was recently contacted by a young man who had a big vision for his family's business, but he felt his ability to advance his vision was being stalled by his father, who wasn't motivated to double the size of the business in the next three years, which is what the son wanted to do. Doubling the business would allow this young adult to enjoy the challenge and reward that comes with growing a business by 24% per year. If you or your family own a business, you may be a challenge with addressing the issues related to exit planning and succession planning. There are some exit planning do's and don'ts when you want to keep the company in the family. But let's first define what these terms mean. Exit planning is the complete strategy for exiting a privately held company and involves addressing the financial, legal, and tax options, and the repercussions for exiting a company. Exit planning is done to ensure business value is maximized on exit, and that personal and business goals are met and tax burdens minimized. Succession planning, on the other hand, which often often involves transferring ownership to, is your strategy for passing on the role of leadership to an employee or group of employees. In this case, it was the young man that we're talking about. So let's first talk about what is a succession planning roadmap for a small family business. Succession planning for a small family business can be a complex process, but creating a roadmap can help simplify the process and ensure that everyone involved understands their roles and responsibilities. So here are some steps to take uh, and create a succession planning roadmap for a small family business. First, start early. Succession planning should begin as early as possible. This allows for ample time to identify potential successors, train them, and establish a solid plan for the transfer of ownership and leadership. Second, identify potential successors. 
Identify potential successors within the family or from outside the family. Consider their skills, experience, and willingness to take on the responsibilities of ownership and leadership. Third, develop a training and development plan. Once potential successors are identified, develop a plan to help them acquire the necessary skills and knowledge to take on leadership roles. Now, this is typically where a coach like myself comes into place with a company and the next generation leader that wants to grow the business. Four, determine ownership and management structure. Determine how ownership and management will be transferred to the next generation. This may involve transferring ownership of shares or assets, establishing a trust, or creating a partnership agreement. Five, establish a governance structure. Establishing a governance structure that will ensure continuity and sustainability of the business is important. And this, this may include the creation of a board of directors or a family council, which I will talk about in a next upcoming podcast. Number six, create a contingency plan. Develop a contingency plan in case unexpected events occur, such as the death or incapacity of the current owner. Seven, communicate the plan. Communicate the succession plan to all stakeholders, including family members, employees, and other key stakeholders. And then eight, review and update the plan regularly. Succession planning is an ongoing process that requires regular review and updating to ensure that it remains relevant and effective. By following these steps, you can create a roadmap for succession planning that will help ensure the long-term sustainability of your family business. So now let's talk about the exit planning do's and don'ts when you want to keep the company in the family. But before we get into the do's and don'ts, let's talk about the special advantages and challenges of family-owned businesses. First, the advantages. So family businesses have a strong focus on culture and a strong focus on values. There's alignment around the motives that are beyond profit in the business. There's a sense of history, a sense of connection, a sense of, a sense of legacy, and an appreciation for one's responsibility to the company. Now, there are special challenges of family-owned businesses as well, such as there's an intermingling oftentimes of business and family issues. There are blurred lines within roles and relationships, and there is oftentimes emphasis on inclusivity over performance or merit. These are three issues that I address as a business coach with my family business clients, making sure that they're not in intermingling these issues, that they have different meeting rooms to discuss these issues, that they're clear on their roles and responsibilities, and that they focus on performance-based compensation. All right, so let's talk about seven common exit needs for family-owned companies, and then we'll get into the do's and don'ts of each. So the seven are limit ownership to a defined group, create financial independence for the generation closest to exit, transfer ownership down to the next generation with a minimum of tax effect or implications, prepare the next generation to effectively run the company, 
which is the role that I typically play. Maintain the current generation's control of the company until the next generation is ready. Avoid being unfair to any family heirs and promote family alignment and minimize discord. All right, so let's start with the first one, limit ownership to a defined group. The issues here are that you need to avoid ownership falling into the hands of persons outside the defined family if your goal is to keep it a family business. The most common concern is that through divorce or blended families, other non-family members may become owners or have uh, interest in the business in some capacity. The longer the family owns the company, the number of owners goes up, as does the chances for a problem. So let's talk about a few do's and don'ts. First, do discuss and establish a definition of family. What does family mean in your business? Does it mean spouses? You know, where, how far does it extend? Do create a legal agreement signed by all current and future owners, preventing any sale or transfer of ownership to others without family approval, commonly called a shareholder agreement or a buy-sell agreement. And don't trap family members in the company. Create a fair and affordable process to buy out family members who wish to sell and move on to some other activity or venture. Two, create financial independence for the generation closest to exit. The issues here are the generation closest to exit or retirement can oftentimes not fully step out if they remain financially dependent on the company. Without a liquidity event, that generation cannot convert company value into personal cash or wealth. And the next generation cannot step in if the current generation cannot step out of the business. So do analyze how much the current generation needs to afford to retire at the desired time. Don't just plan on keeping the existing generation indefinitely on the company payroll. It usually makes people unhappy in the long run. Trust me, I've seen it firsthand and secondhand with clients. Do consider tax-efficient and business-friendly tactics to create personal cash or income streams for the current generation up to and after retirement. Company-funded retirement plans, which maximize benefits for the current generation, is one way of doing this. Leasebacks of commercial real estate, say you own the building, um, of equipment, or maybe intellectual property owned by the company is another way. And partial sale of the company, 49% or less interest, is a third way. Transfer ownership down to the next generation with minimum taxes. That's the third common concern for family businesses transferring ownership to the next generation. Family business owners typically do not seek to sell the company at full price from one generation to the next. Another issue is that transfers at less than fair value are subject to transfer taxes like gift and estate taxes. So use your lifetime gift tax exemption is another issue of concern and possible way of transferring. Many of my clients use their lifetime gift tax exemption to transfer ownership. Individuals and families 
wishing to capitalize on this tax saving opportunity may have to act fast since the current expanded exclusion amount is set to expire at the end of 2025. Moreover, the exclusion amount may change even earlier if Congress enacts legislation reducing the exclusion amount before then. Currently, the amount a married couple can shelter from transfer taxes will be cut by more than 10 million after December 31st, 2025. So the do's and don'ts on transferring ownership down to the next generation with minimum taxes is do analyze the total family estate and gift situation, including understanding the potential current and future value of the company and any other illiquid assets such as real estate. Don't wait. You likely need to use it or lose it before the end of 2025 or sooner. So don't wait too long. And do consider tactics to transfer at least some business ownership or assets, especially non-controlling portions, to the next generation. Fourth common concern is preparing the next generation to effectively run the company. The issues here are that at least some of the next generation owners or owner must be able to effectively lead the company into the future. The other issue is to balance the company's needs with family politics, individual expectations, and apparent precedent. So don't overlook that the company is probably bigger and more complex now compared to when the current generation founded it or took it over. Do use outside resources such as coaches, consultants, peer groups. These resources, such as myself, offer experience, credibility, and objectivity and can help prepare the next generation to effectively run the company and be the CEO that you maybe always wanted to be or that the predecessor generation always wanted to be. Do create written succession plans, including training and development steps, and clearly define progress points with timelines. I always include in my executive coaching some kind of a roadmap of where we're trying to go. And oftentimes that's developed by the client themselves saying, where do they want to be in one month, three months, six months, one year, and three years. Now let's talk about the fifth common exit issue or concern when exiting your family business. Maintaining a current generation's control of the company until the next generation is ready is oftentimes a real concern of the current generation. The issues are that the existing generation owners can be understandably concerned about turning over control to the next generation. And that can happen either too soon or too late. The next generation owners, because they are family members, often lack the credentials and experience that would be expected of non-family member hires. So do work with a coach such as myself who specializes in capacity development and mentoring of your next generation leader or leaders to get them ready to lead the company in a way that will make you proud. You can create effective succession plans to reduce the risk of, of turning control over too soon. Do create written job descriptions for all senior company positions and define the experience and training requirements to hold that position. 
and don't transfer voting stock or units until you are ready. Consider transferring non-voting interest. The sixth common concern is to avoid being unfair to any family heirs. And the issues here are in families where some heirs are actively involved in the company, but others are not, it can feel unfair to pass the company to those heirs, but exclude the rest. This is especially true and of large concern if the company is the current generation's most valuable asset. So don't split up the company equally among heirs who are not equally engaged. It rarely works in the long run. Do define the value of sweat equity. How much of the company does an heir earn by working at the company for the long term? Do balance inheritance for heirs who are not actively involved in the company by providing them with income or assets, possibly from the company or other forms of wealth that is not tied to the ownership of the business. Income from business assets leased back to the company like real estate or equipment or IP, like we discussed earlier, is one option. Preferred stock or profits only interest are other such mechanisms. Do create a mechanism for generational peers like siblings, cousins, et cetera, to buy one another out if necessary. And finally, the seventh common concern and do's and don'ts is to promote family alignment and minimize discord. The issues here are that many of the challenges that all businesses face can be more complicated once family dynamics are layered on top. Family and personal emotions and relations are often difficult to keep separate from business issues. So do use family business coaches. Do create a family business council to help segregate business issues from family issues. Do follow sound employment practices with family members working in the company, such as offering market rate compensation, have clear expense reimbursement policies, develop job descriptions, and conduct performance reviews. Also do create annual budgets to identify how much profits or cash will be reinvested for growth and how much will be distributed out to owners. So I hope you found this podcast helpful. In a next upcoming podcast, I will talk about when should a family business set up a board of directors how do you establish a family council? What is a sample agenda for a family council meeting? What also are other important meetings to hold regularly in your business? And how do I, as a business coach, help my clients set up and manage these meetings, including the weekly leadership team meeting, the quarterly planning session, and annual offsite for strategic thinking and execution planning. So this is Jonathan Goldhill with a solo episode of my podcast, The Disruptive Successor. I hope you found a lot of value from this. I welcome your questions of concerns. If you have any interest and would like to learn more about our coaching, please reach out to me at john at goldhillgroup.com. And thank you for listening to today's episode. This podcast is sponsored by myself, Jonathan Goldhill, and my company, The Goldhill Group. 
where we provide coaching for growing companies. I'm Jonathan Goldhill, and my purpose is simple, to guide entrepreneurial leaders in family businesses towards more freedom and fulfillment. I want entrepreneurs to get clarity around the changes that will make them and their businesses more successful so they can experience the same freedom I've enjoyed in my life. Our proven practices challenge business owners to think differently about their business and how they're running it and quite literally become game changers in our clients' companies. Learn more at the goldhillgroup.com website where you can schedule your free strategy session. Thank you for joining us on the Disruptive Successor Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, review, and share with a friend who would benefit from the message. If you're interested in picking up a copy of my book, Disruptive Successor, go to DisruptiveSuccessor.com.